couldn't trust him, who would we trust? You know, I was thinking back there when Brother Caleb was singing that song. If you, our days change, our lives change. Every day you get up, it's a different day, a different trial, a different test, different problem. But he never changes. All the things you could trust, trust in your life, to, all that man has made, we put trust in that so many times before we put trust in God. So I, I believe you're not, you're not going to go wrong by trusting God. So no matter how your, your trials change, your tests change, your problems, your faults, your mistakes, they change every day. But with, with him, we know that if we have faith, we have his faith that we can, we can get through it. And we're so thankful for that. I'm thankful to be able to speak with you all this morning. There's a monitor or something that's really ringing in my ear, guys, and I, I never complain, so. Um, but if we can look this morning, we're going to look at a very simple thought on the Sermon on Emmaus Road. It's very simple. Y'all know I, I stay simple. I don't get deep. I don't know how. But this, this blessed me. If it, don't, if it don't bless you, then I'll take the blessing again. So just reading it. Um, but we want to, this morning, we want to remember Brother Ron in prayer. Brother Ron's going through a lot right now. He needs, he needs an extra touch. He needs to be lifted up. And I was thinking, and I was talking to Brother Jimmy about it last night. You know, we've, we've got some issues that's facing our church again. You know, God, something that God had delivered us from before. Satan has went to hell and licked his wounds, and he's trying to come back. I believe God's going to send him further in hell this time. But the deal is, as a body, we have to agree together. As a body, we can't have doubt. We can't have worry. We can't, hey, if you, if you see stuff about this church, don't share it with me. I'm not saying that anybody has, but don't. I don't need my, I don't need my faith wavered. So today, as we go into prayer over the word this morning, I want us to, to pray about that. You know, our, our pastor has enough to worry about that, that has stressed him and his family out this year. That we didn't, Satan's just trying to attack him again. And I believe with all my heart, I'm sitting in front of the finest bride of Christ this morning. That I was thinking back there, just, people can go preach anywhere. Preachers can go preach anywhere. This is my favorite place to preach. You know, they, they talk about you have no honor in your own country and all that, and I can't say that. I, I know I'm not the best preacher. I know I'm not your favorite. That's don't want to be. But I tell you, I'd rather preach right here to these people. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, now, you old people don't be offended. But our youth pull harder than anybody I've seen in my life. They will pull you out of your shoes. Try it one time up here. But I don't mean to take up your time, but if we can, we can do that. I'm so thankful for all of you, but if we can, we're going to pray, then we'll read the word. But let's pray about that. Let's send him back to hell as our brother and sister were singing. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, you're so mindful. Lord, you see the requests that were written here today, the hands that were raised, the thoughts, the desires, the people that are streaming, Lord, the, their needs. Lord, we don't want to leave anybody out. 
We know you know all things. Lord, as we, we, we come humbly this morning, Lord, we, with Brother Ron and his people heavy on our heart, Lord, we know, Lord, that you never leave a work unfinished. Lord, you don't start anything that you don't finish, Lord, and we, we believe you've started a healing in our brother. Lord, we know that, that Satan can't stand this word. He can't stand this bride. He can't stand this truth. But, Lord, we're standing against him this morning. Today, we'll make him meet our maker. But we're so grateful for that. Lord, I pray that you would, the faith of everybody in here, as we agree together, moving forward from this day, Lord, that we've sent him back to hell where he came from. We're believing that. I pray that you would anoint the word this morning, get me out of the way. Lord, I, I know I sit back there and, and, and I cringe at the thought of how I'm going to put this together. But Lord, then you remind me, it's not me. It's not them, but it's you. So we invite you this morning, Lord, we humbly ask that you would set us all aside and you would have your way. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we turn to Luke 24. We'll, I'll read this quickly so you're not standing long. Very familiar scripture. We're going to read 13 through 27. And behold, two of them went that day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. If you're not familiar with that, that's about seven and a half miles. And they talked together of all these things which had happened, and it came to pass while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him, and he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which come to pass in these days? And he said, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which is a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. They kept saying was. He was. They didn't understand who they were talking to. And how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he that should redeem Israel. And beside this, today is the third day since these things are done. Yea, and certain women of our company made us astonished early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said he was alive. And certain of them which said with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women said. But him they saw not. And he said unto them, O fools, slow of heart to believe all the, prophet, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? to enter into his glory, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. You can be seated. They kept talking to this man that stepped out of the, out of the bushes. I'm going to leave it on, thank you. This man that stepped out of the bushes, that's what Brother Branham said, he stepped out of the bushes. And they're talking to this man and they're all down and they're, and they're defeated. And they kept speaking past tense. This is the eternal God who never had a, a, a beginning and, and never had an ending. And they're, they're speaking to, to him, this man that joined them. Like, don't you know, haven't you heard the news? This man that was. This man that no longer is. 
They said, we trusted, we, past tense, we trusted that this was who this was going to be. And the, and the way they were talking, they, they, were, they were down in their spirit. And Jesus comes out and he calls them fools. Fools. Don't you remember all that was spoken of this man? And when Jesus was talking to him, Jesus did not tell them about himself. He told them about the man they buried. He didn't say, he could have stepped out and said, I'm he. But he didn't. He reminded them of who they buried. And Brother Branham said, in the presence of, of the Lord Jesus, there were two who were on the road to Emmaus one morning, going to, over to Emmaus. Some of them went fishing. They were discouraged, going along, talking along the road, saying, well, here we go back home again and take up our old task going over to Emmaus. It's what a lot of people do when they don't feel Jesus moving their life like they think. They, they go back. Back to the old things. Back to the old ways. Well, this person treated me this way and, and, and they didn't fellowship with me here. They, did this. they get discouraged. And then they go back. Take up our old task going over to Emmaus and Cleopas and his friend as they walked along the road. While they were communing, behold, Jesus stepped out of the bushes, just an ordinary man, began to talk to them. They didn't know it. Listen closely, brother, sister. There's many of you that Jesus has talked to, and you didn't realize it. He's here with us. He's alive. He comes to you every night there and saying, it's you I'm talking to. You can be made whole. Just accept it and see what happens. That's him talking to you. You know, in, in studying this, I got to thinking, I've had this thought for about, I don't know, maybe two or three months. And I got to thinking, we all have our Emmaus Road experience. In many different ways, we, have a, we, we get on the road to Emmaus. And he adjoins himself to us so many times, and we don't know it's him. And especially what's in a time of our life when we're discouraged, we got problems. In our life. We got loved ones that are dying. We got loved ones with, with cancer. We've got, we've got loved ones that are backslid yeah. on drugs, Amen. losing our jobs. Our marriage is failing. Amen. And in those times, he adjoins himself to you. But so many times our problems, our problem seems to blur that out. The things in her life seem bigger than who he is. The problems in her life seem so much bigger than the promises that he made us. And a lot of times he won't tell you, hey, it's me. He'll just walk along with you. Why? Because that's the promise he made. I'll never leave you comfortless. I go away, but I come back again. And I'll be with you, even in you to the end of the world. It's a promise that we so easily forget by things that the enemy puts on us. These are things that we allow Satan to put in our lives. Things that God who is, can do all things. In the presence of God, Satan's nothing but what we make these bigger than God. And that's what Cleopas, Jesus loved him. Jesus loved his disciples. He, he, loved, he loved people. This is your tour talking about a God that said, I would that all men be saved. Right. That's how much he loved mankind. Right. Yeah. 
And so we, we look at it and they begin to, to look at their problems. I thought this and I thought that. I thought he was going to do this. He was going to save us. He was going to deliver us. And now he's gone. You know, in studying this, and somehow I end up reading the part where Brother Brandon was talking about them, them brothers wanting him to go to Durban, South Africa. God told him, you better not go. You better not go. And he told the brothers, God said for me not to go. We know the story. He went anyway. He would pull over a time or two and he'd pull over the road and he'd cry. Because he knew he was out of the will of the Lord. And the last time he pulled over, he pulled some locust leaves out. Do you remember the story? Threw them up and he laid them at the feet of the man. He said, we're going forward, but we're out of God's will. Amen. And bad things are going to happen. So we remember, you remember the first night, they had a big storm. They couldn't have the meeting. And then Brother Bantam told them he was going to have an earthquake. And God telling him, no. No. And then God told him later, we're going to let you have the meeting, but you're going to pay. And he almost died. And he said, after many, many months, he started crying out to God, and he said it was months. Then God finally answered him. But then, and all, I want to say, I'm saying all I have to say this. In all those months, God was still right there. Still right there. He never left. He just wouldn't talk to him. When he prayed, did he hear him? Probably just didn't answer him. But God will never go back on his promise. It doesn't matter how big your situation is, your problem is. We, we've got this bride has to reach a certain point in their life where we quit looking at circumstances and symptoms. Amen. You are eternal bride. Those are not eternal. Why do we focus on things, problems in our life that will soon pass away? Amen. And that's where we find Cleopas and his friend. The greatest thing that had ever happened to him was now gone. And he talked with him all day. And he said, why are you so sad and worried? Beautiful Easter morning, Jesus alive in the world from the resurrection. First man to raise from the dead. First fruits of them that slept, walking along, and they didn't know it. And they went along and said, well, you're, you're just a stranger. Don't you know Jesus of Nazareth? That he began with the scriptures. He began with the scriptures and explained just exactly what Jesus was supposed to do when he came. So he began to tell him what the scriptures said about him. The Old Testament. But Abraham said in gifts, one time they were preaching down yonder, Jesus went to go over. After the resurrection, two people were going over the road, another place called Emmaus. And on their road over there, Jesus walked right along the road and walked with them all through the day. And they didn't recognize him. Isn't that right? They didn't recognize him. He talked with them. And many of you people that went to church, and Jesus has helped you many times, and you didn't recognize it. He's blessed you. He's saved you from trouble. And you don't recognize it. 
I wonder how many things is in our lives that he has kept us from. We soon forget it was him. We get sick. We forget about the last time he healed us. We have financial issues. We forget about the last time he pulled us out of it. There's so many things. You all, every person in here has their own story, as it were. I have times that you, you could say, I forgot that God done that for me. I can. I can say that. There's things that God has done for me time and time. And in my humanity, Brother Jimmy, I forget. I forget. And then, and then in my big baby that I am, I get down, God, why are you letting this happen to me? Instead of thinking, God, you brought me out of this before. You'll bring it out again. And that's a situation that we're in now. If we, we focus on what is in front of us, the issue that is in front of us. If you're focusing on that, you're not focusing on Him. You're not having faith. If you're focusing, complaining and griping about the issue and forgetting what He did for you already, you're not having faith. Because doubt, worry, and faith cannot be married. They will not mix. As I've mentioned here before, my brother Bantam says, you know, your human faith will only go so far. It will only go so far and then God's faith drops in. And he said, when God's faith drops in, that makes you love everybody. If you're loving everybody, you've probably got pretty good faith. Why? He has adjoined himself to you. It wasn't, we'll get in here in a minute, it wasn't the adjoining himself to them that saved them, that opened their eyes. It was when they invited him inside. God's adjoined himself to a lot of people, Brother Jimmy. Adjoined himself to a lot of people and they've never invited him in. But we look at these two and he tells them, don't you remember? Don't you remember what the, the old scriptures said? Did you forget what I'd done? Did you forget about Lazarus? The very resurrection, they witnessed it. They saw the resurrection. They heard him say, I am the resurrection in life. When he told Martha and Mary, they heard that. They heard him say, Lazarus, come forth. And yet, in, in, their, in their minds, in their hearts, they're all sad because they can't, realize, they, they can't realize. But Jesus told them, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. In a lot of the parables that he spoke to the Pharisees and all of them, he explained to his disciples, this is what I meant. He even told them, they're going to kill me. I've got, to go, I've got to go back to Jerusalem. I've got to go there to die. He told them that. But he told them... I'll not leave you comfortless. I'll be back. You know, I, I had a, a fine young gentleman here a few uh, months ago telling me that scripture that I'll never leave you comfortless. That the Holy Ghost will come. That was for the disciples only and nobody else. I thought, how sad. It would be, it's impossible to not go insane in the world we live in right now without the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's, you go insane without the Holy Ghost. 
But Branham says in Jehovah Jireh, the Clopas and them after the resurrection thought he was dead. He was walking with people that loved them. And many of you people love the Lord, but you fail to recognize that he's with you all the time. That's the matter with your healing today. You fail to recognize that he's right by you. I wish I could get that through you. I wish I could let it soak down inside five ribs deep. Wherever that's at. If I could get that to soak in, that he's right there with you. They were walking and saying, I guess it's all over. He's dead. We've seen him killed. We've seen the spear go through his heart and died the day before yesterday. We might as well go back home. Yeah, got a story down there that some woman said they saw him, but of course, we heard the report. The Jews came and stole him away. I wonder, I wonder what's happened. The Bible says that Cleopas and his friend communed together and reasoned. They reasoned. They began to question. The good thing I, I like about that is their reasoning and their questioning was about him. You talk about him, he'll come near. Amen. Them talking about him. Why were they? Of course, in their humanity, the Holy Ghost had not yet come. They, they were talking about this, this one that they loved. They were speaking out of love. They loved him. They weren't saying, I'm not sure this message is right. I'm not sure all the things he told us was right or wrong. I'm not, you know, Lazarus might have been in that grave already, already alive. We don't know. It wasn't that. They believed everything that he told him to the point till they were in grief. They reasoned out of grief because they loved that fellowship. There had no, no man ever put a foot on the earth that had fellowship with them like he did. And so in their grief, they're walking along, wondering how the greatest thing that ever came into their life was stripped away. But their thoughts were on him. If you talk about him, he'll come near. He'll come near to you. You want, it, you want it more in your life? Talk about Him more. Talk about Him. Do you think maybe there's a lot of things in your life that you can do less talking about? The things that you hold so far up here and the only time you talk to Him or about Him is right before you lay down? Or when you say amen, our life gets so consumed with so many things that he don't become important. He was important to them. No matter about what they were talking about. That's why they were talking about him because he was important to them. He had changed their life. Even if even if he never rose, they would never have been the same. 
But they didn't know. Why didn't Jesus step out and say, this is me? Hey, guys, it's me. Why? I think it's funny. But Daryl was sitting up here talking about a man that told him one time, I can't follow a dead man. Yet Jesus, when he revealed to them, when he began to tell them who Jesus was, he used things that were written by dead men. He used scriptures that were written by men that committed adultery. Scriptures that, men uh, that had murdered, that had tempers, that had mistakes, that had failures. And Jesus said, these are the ones that spoke of me. Follow these dead men. Because they spoke of me. Sometimes when he's not adjoining to us, we might consider what our conversations are about. What are we talking about? The conversations that you're having, is he welcoming them? Would you, would you let him walk up into your little circle? Making fun of somebody, maybe? Putting the pastor down? Putting sister so-and-so down? Could he walk up into that circle? Let's not invite so-and-so. They're, they don't, they're a little different. All God's children are different. You've got some peculiarities yourself. I promise you that. I've got a lot of them. We won't get into that. But Abraham said, and it, he that is in you, it was hard for him to die. This might be produced to you. It was hard for him to go to Calvary. So in, in reading this, I'm going to background a little bit. In reading this, I got to thinking, why did he show himself to these two? Why these two? And then I got to, I was sitting here, Brother Donnie was preaching. Um, it's been about a month or so ago, and he was talking about how much Jesus loved the disciples. And he read a quote. Brother Branham was talking about how much that he loved his disciples. He said it was hard for him to die. That this might be produced to you. It was hard for him to go to Calvary. He wanted to stay even so much till he cried. Not my will, but thine be done. He didn't want to leave. He was a young man and he had, had his brethren. And he loved them. Just like I love you. He couldn't live and them live also. He lived, loved them so much he knew, I've got to die so they can live. Yeah. That wasn't easy. He had to do it. Look what a death laid before him. Father, the hour has come. Shall I pray that you take this cup from me? He didn't want to do that. He wanted God's will to be done. And now he had another opportunity to spend more time with these two. I think if he had come out of them bushes and revealed himself, fellowship would have been a little different. 
He wanted to spend time talking to them. If he'd revealed himself, they'd have fell down and worshipped. God loves fellowship. Yes, God loves worship. But God became a man so he could feel not worship, but fellowship. God keeps his word. But Abraham said, I want to ask you something. God being a good God, did you notice at the resurrection of the Lord Jesus? Peter was at the grave and some women. Peter recognized the Lord had raised from the dead. He came right back to the disciples. The Lord has risen. The rest of them began to praise the Lord because they know he was supposed to raise from the dead. So don't you remember what he said? They began to rejoice because the Lord, the Lord had risen. In this group, there were two missing And one of them was called Cleopas and his buddy. Jesus knew they weren't there. That's how much he loved them. He wasn't looking for them. He knew they weren't there. He loved spending time with with Cleopas. Bible historians and theologians claim that Cleopas Cleopas is mentioned in St. John just with an H added to it was Mary's brother-in-law. And they say this is the same Cleopas, which this would have been Jesus' uncle. And he recognized the, where they at? Why, why aren't they here? When Thomas wasn't there, go find Thomas. He went straight to Thomas. He loved him. You know, he recognizes when you ain't here. His presence comes in here. Why does his presence come? Because he's being talked about. He's being worshipped. He's being adored and he comes near. And he looks around for you. And you ain't here. You ain't here. You might be here in body. Sometimes that's all. You might be taking up a seat. But he's still missing you. Because you're not here. You're somewhere else. Doing something else. Thinking of what you've got to do. That doesn't de-Christianize you. That doesn't mean you don't have the Holy Ghost. That just shows our humanity. But He misses you when you're not here. When you get up in the morning, you don't take time to speak to Him. He misses you. He's sitting right there. Next morning, He'll still be sitting there. Next morning, he'll still be sitting there. When you get in your car and you go to work, he's sitting right there in the seat. He wants you to talk to him. He's got things to say to you. All you've got to do is address him. And that's, that's what these Cleopas and his buddy did. They'd be seven and a half miles. Seven and a half miles. And you think, whatever he was saying to them, must have had an effect on them. Because they wouldn't let him go. When you get that relationship with God, when you get to work and you've talked to him all the way to work, when you go into your job, whatever it is, Lord, come in there with me. You can't, you got you can't let him go. They didn't just ask him to come in. The Bible says they constrained him forcefully to forcefully entreat to plead, to beg. 
You ever beg him to spend the day with you? You ever, when you go to work, do you say, Lord, I need you today? Your word says you would never leave me. You would never forsake me. Would you go with me today? Would you go to school with me today? He works in all age levels. Me and Brother Jimmy was talking a while ago. All God wants, all He wants is one thing. We want everything, and God wants one thing. Fellowship. You actually, he's reached the point where God says, I want fellowship so bad. I will murder my own son to get it. I will kill my own son to get fellowship. What would you do for it? How, how would you get fellowship? When you walk up to somebody you never met before and try to be friends with them. Christ in you. It's hard to do. We got our friends. We don't need new ones. We're all guilty. We, we are all guilty. Look at the kind of friends he made. Look at the kind of people he associated himself with. But when we look at that, is he missing you like he missed them? You're a part of him. You, you are you're flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone. A marriage has already come, took place. You now are one. Are you letting him do all the work of the marriage? So Jesus begins to tell them what Moses and the prophets of Old Testament spoke of him. Christ the mystery. He stepped out from the roadside and began to talk with them about Christ. Begin to talk to them about Christ. Not saying I am he. But remember he that was crucified. He they, put up in, in the, he they put in the ground. And he said, oh fools, you're slow to understand. Don't you know that all the prophets and the Psalms, see what he was doing? He was identifying himself to those apostles. To all those prophets and all the Psalms. Everything was him expressed. Jesus didn't say that they spoke of me. Those were, Brother Branham said, those were, that scriptures was Christ expressed. The life you live is Christ expressed. Either He is or He's not. There's no in between. Take this 22nd Psalm and sing it and compare it with the morning of the resurrection. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? All my bones, they stare at me. They've pierced my feet and my hands. It all those things, them singing that psalm down there in the, in the temple and crucifying the very one. He's talking about the Pharisees. They would come into the synagogue and the temple and start singing these psalms. Psalm 22. Singing this about the one they are crucifying. It was, never, it was never to be revealed to them. 
The great religious leaders, those great men, those great teachers, yet so blinded, they, that was reading the prophets and was singing the songs and doing the crime they said they would do. The same thing is taking place this morning. So Jesus takes him back, all the way back to Moses, and he tells him, you remember when wrote, Moses wrote, the Lord said unto me, they have spoken, they have well spoken which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among the brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them, and I will command them. In Sirs, we would see Jesus, Brother Brandon refers to Deuteronomy 18, and, and he, he, he has Peter in a little scenario with Peter and Andrew start talking about that scripture. And he says, um, Peter and Andrew are discussing that scripture that Moses wrote. And Andrew says, remember, Simon, there may be great forceful speakers raised up. There may be great men rise up. But remember, as Jews, we know that God is sending us a prophet, a Messiah prophet. We've had 400 years now since Malachi. We haven't had any prophets. But when the Messiah comes, he'll be a God prophet. We'll know him by that. Don't forget that, Simon. And Andrew, he says, Andrew, you might say this to This is a great man. He can hold the people spellbound. But to me, he has to be a prophet because the Messiah, I heard you talk about that man in the wilderness, so forth, John. He perhaps was a prophet too. I don't know. But this message, this Messiah will be a God prophet. He will be a prophet plus. He will be more than a prophet. He will be a prophet plus. I will go with you someday. This is the conversation that the disciples had amongst themselves before Jesus came. And now that he's gone, they forget these scriptures that they talked about. They forgot what they repeated to each other. And in Micah it says, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, out of thee shall come forth unto me to be a ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Bethlehem Ephrata. Ephrata was the original name of Bethlehem, and it means fruitful. And Brother Branham goes on to say that he would, out of Bethlehem would come the first fruits. Brother Branham said this was the first fruits of those that, that slept was risen. He was the first flower to come back after the resurrection. He was the first resurrection. And these are the scriptures that Jesus is telling them. In Isaiah, in that day, there will be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. It shall the, the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. Psalm 16.10, For thou not, not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And Jesus is telling him all these scriptures about the one they buried. He begins to tell them that. And these are scriptures they knew. Most of them knew from their, their youth up, from going to the synagogue. What about the scriptures that we, we've heard in our day? That we, we hear preached years from growing up. Ask anything that you will in my name and it'll be done. You speak to the mountain. If you have the, the faith the size of a mustard seed, say to this mountain, be thou cast into the sea, and it'll be done. Believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You can have anything in my name that you ask. And how often we forget. We go back and we listen to the tapes. We listen to the prayer lines. We, we listen to the discernment. And we think that was a different God back then. 
A lot of people did. A lot of people left because that was a different God in the 60s. There's no miracles anymore. That ended with the seventh day messenger. God said, I am God and I change not. The same yesterday, today, and forever. If He raised Lazarus before the Holy Ghost was ever come, He can raise anybody today. If He healed a woman by the, her touching him a garment, He can do the same thing today. All the people that we, we see, all the, the pictures of all the, the wheelchairs, the crutches and everything that are piled in these, in these trucks in Brother Branham's campaign, it's still the same God. We, we know those healing campaigns when Brother Branham said, you know, you had the first pull and you had the second pull. You had to bait the hook, right? Had to cast it, right? Second pull. That third pull pulled in the rainbow trout. That third pull, it ain't all about signs and wonders. Signs and wonders follow you. You don't follow them. You follow, the signs and wonders follow you. They come with you. When he adjoined himself to you, that became part of you. Signs and wonders became part of you. Where you go, they go. It's nothing new. It ain't like we're in a new ministry. We're in a, in a new day. It's not. God is the same. God has not changed. It's based on faith. And God's faith hasn't changed. <clears throat> so sometimes we forget. If that, that's kind of what I want to really drive home is we forget. Things that we do. The, 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 the good memories, we rejoice. Remember when you, you got healed of this, you got healed of that, you stood up here in the front or the other church, what it was, you raised your hands, you rejoiced, and you, you thank God for all that He done for you. Three years later, it hits you again, even worse. You totally forget this. That's humanity, I understand that. But I believe God is calling a bride to another level. It's going home time. She will be without spot or blemish. Her garment will be white. She will be prepared. And when she speaks, it'll be God speaking. I believe before we get out of here, you're going to see people healed that have been sick for many, many years by the speaking of the word from the bride. From the bride. Going to hurry now. So the Bible says that they came to where he was staying. He made that he would continue. In, in <clears throat> Luke 24, it says they drew nigh to the village where they went. And he made those he would go further, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. It came to pass as he sat at meat with him, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Their eyes were open. They knew him and he vanished out of their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us when he talked to us, by the way, while he opened to us the scriptures? Something changed in him when they came in contact with that word. Even though they didn't have a revelation yet of who he was. Something touched their hearts. You ever get to the place where God, that word touches here? You might need, some of you might come through denominations or whatever. At some point in your journey to got you here, 
you had an Emmaus road. I, I, I think of Brother, Brother Jim Hughes sometimes. Brother, me and Brother Rob have talked about this. Brother, Brother Jim probably might not understand it, but he was on Emmaus Road one day and Christ came to him in the form of Rob Weber. Amen. Came to him in the form of Rob Weber. Christ adjoined himself to Brother Jim Hughes. And Brother Rob could witness and witness and witness the word to him over and over and something tugged at Brother, Rob's, at Brother Jim's heart. Revelation didn't come to Brother Jim said, I invite you in. We've talked about it. Brother Rob says I can use him anytime. So, Brother Rob went on Emmaus Road one day and Christ to join him in a form of Larry, Larry Elliott. But Larry probably didn't know that was happening. They didn't sit down and think, hey, I'm on Emmaus Road. And Brother Roberts, that one day when you grabbed the back of that bench and you constrained him, begged him, if this is you, don't leave. Don't leave. And I'll ask you this morning, if he's been speaking to you, have you constrained him yet? Have you forcefully entreated him to stay? Have you begged him? Have you pled with him? They knew this man that walked with him. Maybe, maybe it's not so much, maybe not so much as, as, as thinking, oh, this is him. And it was never revealed to them that when they walked along the way, it was never revealed to them. But the words that came out of his mouth reminded them this is who he really was. Sometimes our memories have to be jogged. God has to shake us sometimes into remembrance. And this man that walked with him, Brother Brandon said all day, I'm going to probably get 45 minutes an hour. And he, he preached to him all day. They didn't go to sleep on him. I told somebody the other day, hey, I can put him, I can put him to sleep with the best of them. You know, so if you got to sleep, you got to sleep. So bring you a tripod mat next time. <clears throat> but there was something about what he told them. There was something about the, when he opened up their remembrance. They wanted more. The Bible says he acted like he would go on. He acted like he would go on down the road. He does that to us sometimes. He acts like he would, he would go on. And all he's doing, he don't want to go on. When he acted like he wanted to go on, he didn't want to go on. He loved these, he loved these brothers. He loved them. He wanted to spend more time with them. But he'll only go where he's invited. How often we invite him? So don't raise your hand this morning. You got up? Did you say, God, come to church with me this morning? Because a lot of people come without him. A lot of people come without him. They have figured out how the song service is supposed to be. They have figured out what Brother Louie's supposed to do, what Brother Louie ain't supposed to do. Hey, Brother Louie's been doing this for 102 years, so I know he knows how to do it. So 
when you come with, with your mind on, I want to see what they do today. I want to see what they say. I want to see, make sure that brother stays right with his notes or stays right with the quotes and all this. You didn't bring him with you. And whether you agree or not, Brother Brown talked about eating cherry pie, right? If you get a seat, spit it out. I probably made a million and a hundred and four mistakes right here. I do every time. I'm not Brother Donnie. Never will be, don't want to be. I tell Brother Jimmy a while ago, I'm just myself. Why would I want to be everybody, anybody else? I, I told him about a quote that I saw one time where it says, don't be, just be yourself. Don't be somebody else. Everybody else is taken. So why would you want to, why would you want to be anybody else? God's got that slot filled in with somebody else. <clears throat> Sometimes I think people lack revelation. That's why you haven't invited him in. These, these, young, these men invited him in because something he said struck their heart. And they invited him in and he'll go wherever he's invited. The infallible proof of the resurrection, they come to a place at a little inn. Going up to Emmaus from Jerusalem, up towards the hill country. And they stopped at this little inn before perhaps got to Emmaus. <clears throat> and Jesus made as he would go by. Now he might have acted like that to you when you... When he act like that, you do, he isn't going to heal you. He might have acted like he was going to go on by. He wanted to see your emotions. He wanted to know just how much you believed him. I know in myself, I have prayed for things before. I have prayed for things. God, do this. I'm trusting and believing in it. And then almost instantly, short time after, I see symptoms or circumstances that it's worse. A lot of times, that's God. God's saying, let me see where your faith is at. Let me see how much you believe me. If it gets worse, are you still going to believe me? If the cancer gets worse, are you still going to believe me? If your son gets even worse, your daughter gets even worse, backslid than they are now, are you going to still believe me? There's many parents. You can say you have prayed to God and prayed to God, save my son, save my daughter. And within the week, they're doing stuff that's worse than they've ever done. Sometimes that's God saying, do you still believe me? Come on now. Are you still going to constrain him? Are you going to invite him in? Or are you going to say, like these two did, we trusted, past tense. We thought he was. He was this. He was that. They weren't speaking eternal language. And sometimes God puts that in our life. If it gets worse. You still going to trust him that he's going to save her? You still trust him he's going to save him? Don't look at circumstances. I don't care how far it goes with your child. I don't care how far it goes with your husband, with your marriage, whatever it is. Sometimes God is saying, keep believing me no matter how bad it gets. Amen. Keep believing me. You keep trusting me. He may act like he's going to go on. He just wants to see if you're going to constrain him. But notice Cleopas and his friend, they persuaded him to come in. I wonder if that's your attitude to Christ or not. Persuade him. He will come in. He's, Brother Brown said, that's what makes him God to me. <clears throat> you know, when, when he finally broke the bread, Brother Brown said, 
they saw him do something he had done before. He broke the bread before. And then their eyes were open. This would have never happened if they hadn't invited him in. He would have never broke the word or the bread to them to bring revelation. This was God revealing himself to them. This, I am he. I am, the, I am the one that all those scriptures that I, that I just, for seven and a half miles that I told you about, that's me. And when they come out of there, they, they rejoiced. So did not our hearts burn within us as he talked along the way? They were a new person. They, they weren't looking past tense anymore. They began to see the things that God had gave them. Everything that he has, you have. I believe I spoke that here a few months ago. Whatever belongs to God belongs to you. Their eyes were dimmed by that. We thought he was going to come and bring us all things. He was going to give us eternal life. He was going to deliver us. We can have all, all things. I was listening on the way over here. My wife was playing, um, possessing all things in 62 with Brother Branham. We pulled in the, in the parking lot. Brother Branham said, we are heirs to all things. Amen. That son and daughter that you've got, if God gave them to you, you claim it because it's yours. Healing belongs to you because it's yours. We, we, there's so many things that God has put in our lives that we don't aware of that we own. We're not aware of it. They weren't aware of Him. And it takes God adjoining Himself to us and us inviting Him in before we realize what we possess. Before we realize what all's in the promises. You know, I was studying this. I, I don't know why it crossed over, but it did. I, I teach law at, uh, in, in my criminal justice course. and I, I teach criminal law and civil law, but we started with constitutional law. And so I, I show a video of part of the Revolutionary War, and I kind of break down, you know, I got to thinking about the Declaration of Independence. You know, the Declaration of Independence was, was signed in 1776, and Basically, Declaration of Independence told those, those people that had come over, this belongs to you now. You have freedom from that. The ties that held you before, the, the, the bondage you were under before everything, this right here, paper that we wrote, that was signed, this tells you what you really have. Of course, the devil didn't like that, right? Or King George. He didn't like that. He said, you're on my property. So, and, you know, I got to reading it, you know, and I got to thinking, you know, a lot of them people that in the day that had come over, they come over on ships and stuff. Some of them weren't learned people. They couldn't read the Declaration of Independence. They didn't know what it said. They didn't know that it said that they had freedom from this and, and freedom from that. But what they did understand was when somebody says, you can have this if you go fight for it, they understood that. They weren't, it's like me, you know, I have to have people explain things to me from 400 different directions before I understand it. But we, we, we see what happened in, 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 in the, uh, there's a lot of historians in here, so if I get this backwards, y'all forgive me. Francis Marion, I know he came up in, into uh, the Carolinas with, with militia made up of farmers, of peasants, and, and, and guys with shovels, with pitchforks, with clubs. Some had guns. 
And they fought Cornwallis' men up, up through the Carolinas. And Cornwallis, we know the story how in 1781 he ends up in Yorktown, Virginia. 8,000 men. As he gets there, these people are so dead set on getting what belonged to them. Long story short, the, the video that I showed my students shows Cornwallis looking over the battlefield and all his men are running or retreating. The supply lines are cut off. And it depicts Cornwallis as saying, we have been defeated by rabble, by peasants and farmers. And I got to thinking about that. I didn't tell my students, hey, here's a lesson. What does Satan look at when he looks at the windows of hell and looks at your life? He has to say, we have been defeated by children, by high school students, by college students. We have been defeated by penniless, poor people. People that were drunkards. We've been defeated by adulterers. We've been defeated by gossipers and backbiters. We've been defeated by drug addicts. Why? Because they saw something that they could possess. The devil's, there's things in your life that the devil has got his foot on. What helped these men right here is God had joined himself to them and said, this is yours, and that is yours. If you'll only constrain him, you've you you got to go all the way with God. Amen. You can't walk with him and let him talk to you, and you just amen him and think that's good. You've got to say, I constrain you, Lord, come in. I can't go another day without you. Amen. I can't walk this road without you. Amen. If you never constrain him to come in, you'll never take a rapture. If you never constrain him. Now, I'm not just saying, Lord, if it's your will, come into my life. Oh, it's his will. He wants it to be yours too. Let's stand together. I think so many times we, we leave, live beneath our, our privileges. All it takes some time is a walk with him. Just walk. Lord, come into my life. I come in here and I hear the word. I don't understand a whole lot of it. I, I don't, a lot of it, you know, I've heard people that, you know, come to church and different churches where the ministers are, are really teachers. And that's fine. God's got, God, that's part of the ministry. And people don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I, they asked me, what was he saying about this? What is, I said, listen. Brother Bram said, pray for revelation. I don't care how deep it is. I don't care as Michael Bailey says, the horizontal rainbow. He can tell you all about it. He's the only one that can tell you all about it. But Michael can tell you about the horizontal rainbow. But it doesn't matter. If you pray for revelation and you have invited him in, if that is for you, God will reveal it to you. Amen. It doesn't matter how deep it is. 
Because we know it takes deep things. The Bible says, I think it's in Corinthians, study on these deep things, the deep things of God. But God hides himself in simplicity. So God can take the, the deepest things you can find that you don't understand, and he can make them so simple. That's where a lot of people get lost in the seven, seven seals. For sure, you always listen to God in simplicity before you li listen to seals. Because Brother Branham's telling him, basically, or God's telling him, when this comes, don't think too deep. Because Brother, Brother Branham said it's, it, the bride's rapture is in them seven seals. It's not, hey, I've got to have it simple. So let's bow our heads. I hope and pray that something I've said has touched the heart. I know it's it's simple. It's not deep. I don't. Uh, I'm not a holler or jump around type of person, but I'm myself. And I, I sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, I, I, I hope and pray that something touched you this morning. You might want to say, Brother Joe, there's. I'm, I'm a Christian. I've got the Holy Ghost. There's often times that I don't constrain him like I should. There's often times that I don't, I don't spend time with him like I should. And, and that could probably be all of us this morning because we, when we start our day up, you know, how do we start our day? Do we start it with him? Or do we wait, do we wait till things get bad? And then we remember, oh yeah, I remembered. He said he'd be with me even in me to the end of the world. He's with me. Your waking hour should be you and God enjoying yourself together. Through your day should be you and God adjoining yourself together. The end of your day should be you and God adjoining yourself together. Because he wants to adjoin himself to you. These two didn't even know God was looking for him. They didn't even know he missed them when the other disciples were together. You have a need and you want to raise your hand and say, Lord, help me. If you, if, if, you're, if, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you want the Holy Ghost. It's as simple as constraining God and inviting Him in. Amen. Let's go to Him. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful, Lord, that we have You. All the things, Lord, that we have in our life, Lord, whether it be riches, whether it be houses, the greatest family in the world, whatever it is. Nothing is greater than having you. Lord, I'm so grateful that one day you adjoined yourself to me. And Lord, I, no matter how long it took, one day I finally constrained you. I invited you in, Lord, and asked you to stay. That's when the true revelation of who you really are comes is when we invite you in. The prophet said he'll knock and knock and knock trying to get in. Many times he'll knock and then one day he won't knock no more. I pray, Lord, that don't happen amongst us, Lord. We've got loved ones we want to see saved. We've got, Lord, we've got loved ones we want to see healed. Lord, we've got um, situations, Lord, that we're believing for overcoming power. Pray that you would touch every need here, Lord. You see the heart of all your people, Lord, and, and, and as simple as it, this was, Father, I pray in the simplicity, somehow, some way, some heart was touched, Lord. 
That's why you're so great. A God that is so magnificent, so mighty, could bring himself so low. We're grateful for that. Lord, I pray for Brother Ron. I pray for Brother Tim and Brother Donnie. Lord, I pray that you keep your hands upon them. Bless the family there, the church there, Lord. We're so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you going to sing something for us, buddy? Let's worship him a little bit. As you worship him, ask him to join himself to you. Ask him, Lord, step out of the bushes. Talk to me. I want to feel what they felt when the, the scripture says they, when he left, they began to, they weren't reasoning no more. There was no more reasoning going on. It was how magnificent that sermon was for seven and a half miles. Didn't our hearts burn within us as he spoke along the way? And when he invited them in and broke the bread, they began to see every scripture he had just spoke to them for seven and a half miles. Brother Bram said those scriptures was him expressed. So let's worship him this morning, this afternoon. I feel the pull At night I lay in bed And I begin to cry And my mind just fails to know Exactly why Oh, I can't explain With tongue or pen The Spirit's groaning Deep within It must be God Here in my soul I feel the pull Oh, I feel the pull I hear the call And I know His Spirit's moving me to give
control I feel the pull I went to hear the word and with each line and phrase he was drawing me to give a higher praise Oh, there's a deep call to the deep Like a great magnet pulling me I know for sure that I'll reach the goal
Brother Joe, this morning. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Let's just sing this song as we go this morning. Amen. I'm so glad we serve a powerful God and a God that's so powerful that each and every one of us can take Him with us. Amen. Everywhere we go. Oh, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship, one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer, yes, He is, 
Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship, one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. God my Savior, God my healer, God my deliverer, yes He is, yes He is, God my Savior, God my healer, God my deliverer. our God, every word of worship, one accord, every praise, every praise is to our God, oh, sing hallelujah to our God, oh, glory, hallelujah, it's to our God, every praise, every praise to our God, sing it as you go this morning. Oh, God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer, yes, He is, yes, He is, God, my Savior, God, my healer. God, my deliverer, yes, He is, yes, He is. Every praise is to our God, every word of worship, one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. We'll sing hallelujah. To our God, glory, hallelujah, to our God, every praise, every praise is to our God, God my Savior, God my healer, God my Savior, God my healer, God my 